I am. Hello. And welcome to the Boob Two Boys. That was Professor Frank. Yeah. He's in. I got it. Dead on. I'm Van Lee, and we are talking Simpsons Week on the Boob Two Boys. And I say we, meaning not just me, because I'm also joined by Spencer Hendricks. Hi. I'm also joined by Brian Vaughn. Hi. Hi. Nothing seems exactly like normal. So <laughs> that let's was just my continue. attempt at a Ralph voice, but it's similar enough to my own. Okay. Let's all say eat my shorts and do the best Bart impersonation we can do. Ooh, Bart's tough. That is Okay, you tough. start. Yeah, you start, Spencer. You're very confident. Eat my shorts. <laughs> Nailed it. Ryan, you want to go next? Eat my shorts. That sounded like someone. Someone. <laughs> you. All right. Yeah. Eat my shorts. I can't well, get high enough. Good. It's the closest. I, I can get the, the would wave be like, right. Okay, he's, he's got the idea. What if we, it would have been a really cool reveal if we had Nancy Cartwright in here? <laughs> and then we're like, what about you, Nancy? Without any, uh, see, you know. The problem with that is I would be like, okay, Nancy Cartwright's here. And I always see Van and Brian. So I'm going to hang out with Nancy Cartwright for the rest of the time. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> and if you wanted to just do that permanently, instead of hanging out with us, like, we'd get it. Well, yeah. I mean, understand. she's on The Simpsons. <laughs> you know what else is if you're lacking for conversation topics with her, all you have to do is start talking about Thetans and L. Ron Hubbard, and she will be immersed. Oh, no. And oh, I will no. tell you yeah. this, like, it might not be accurate and it might be terrifying, but it won't be boring. These are some of the best voice actors in the history of voice acting, sure. so not very many. It's not easy. I think I can get a couple of them pretty good. Who do you, well, who do you, who you got? Let's do a casual Flanders. Hadley hodley, neighborini. Well, that one not I'm not bad. great at. That's not bad, though. Would you like to go sing Christmas carols with me, Homer? <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't that bad, actually. And then you're, we also need to be 60 years right. old. He's 60. That's right. I forgot. Bizarre. And he's ripped. Don't oh, forget. Yeah. Like Which that, I appreciate. Uh, the I one assumed where they that do before, the, though. A streetcar named Marge mm-hmm. episode where he takes off a shirt and he's just fucking ripped. <laughs> it's great. Great. And he's joke. left-handed. Don't forget about that either. Lots of things. Anyway, yeah. I like doing Jasper. I said walks made for regular walking. It's in Not your register. It walking. makes sense. Yeah, that's mm. good. And I'm it's blind. True. <laughs> it's true. All of that is true. You're blind and the sidewalk is not for fancy walking. No, certainly not. Okay. Well, we're covering The Simpsons in case I didn't say that a couple times anyway by this well, point. that clear? We did this last year. We did Seinfeld Week where it's Seinfeld's a show we all love. We'll get into our experience with The Simpsons, this which we all love. This is a Thanksgiving tradition at Bluetooth Inc. The second year of doing it. And so we've each picked an episode. Some from the golden years, some not from the golden years, but we'll talk about that. I'm curious to see what you guys think about that episode versus the ones that everyone universally says are, are great, particularly the one Brian's covering this week, which is Monorail. Yes, Marge versus the Monorail mm-hmm. from season four. Main Street's, it's all cracked and broken, Brian. Main Street, Main <laughs> Street. I will then be monorail, pivoting monorail. <laughs> to a Millhouse Divided, which was a season eight episode. And then finally, we are... Just catapulting 28 years later <laughs> to season because 27. we can do that. Yeah, 27. Yeah. Barthood. And that's not even close to the end of the actual no. show. It's still going. No. <laughs> Insane. How many episodes were there, Spencer? You had a number. Oh, they're over 730 now, and we're still going. Still going, yeah. So they're in, as we speak, season 34, and no end in sight. And we'll get some of the basic show details out sure. of the way here. The show was created by Matt Groening. Everybody knows that. It was for the Fox Broadcasting Company. He was solicited for some animated shorts by producer James L. Brooks, or James Hell Brooks. Yeah, and you know mm. what that guy also was really heavily involved with? What's that? The Mary Tyler Moore show. Oh. Rhoda. What's Rhoda? Taxi. Well, Rhoda is a, is no, a spinoff from Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> Which I'm sure we'll be covering on this show at some point. I hope so. No way we won't. 
And then these characters, the Simpsons, the family, debuted on the Tracy Ullman show. This was 1987. It was met with positive reception. After three seasons there, they decided to spin it off into its own 30-minute time slot, and the rest is history. This show may never be beaten as far as a scripted show and how many episodes and seasons they ran. I just don't see it ever happening. It's a really special set of circumstances, and it has to be animation. No live-action show can run for 35 years because your actors will all die. (laughs) Well, let's talk a little bit about our experience with The Simpsons now. We really are the age that people grew up with the golden era, (laughs) which is sad and cool in the same respect. So I'll start. For me, The Simpsons was one of the first memories I have of dedicated, I need to be there to sit down to watch it, television. It was Sunday nights, I think at 6 or 6.30 in the Midwest. And so I would rush home after whatever I was doing to watch the new like, episode every Like year. playing on the train tracks or something? That's actually pretty accurate. Yeah. Maybe playing Raw Deal. No, that could have been I wasn't it. old enough for that. No, not yet. But I also remember the Who Shot Mr. Burns season. I submitted the thing that said, you know, who I thought shot Mr. Burns. I think I said Smithers like everyone else in the world. I don't remember. I had to wait all summer before I could see oh, the new man. episodes. This is a big deal to me. I love the and show. And because I you were a child, it. you probably thought, like, I'm the only one that's going to think it was Smithers. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm a Because <laughs> kids genius. think that. They're like, ah, there's no way any of these people with fully functioning brains would have figured this out. <laughs> I'm eight. <laughs> well, let's say Brian for last. Spencer, what was your experience with The Simpsons when you were young? This is going to take a while. I actually, like every kid of my age, of course, you know, we're, we were all born in the mid-80s. When I was about eight or so, they were what was on TV in the prime time, like end of the weekend mm-hmm. when you're a little kid. That was a huge part of my childhood growing up. It's just like, hey, I'm eight years old. I'm going to have to go to bed pretty soon, but I don't want to yet. And I'm going to turn on the TV and see what's happening. Simpsons. As we were growing up, we're talking, what, season six, seven, right. eight, whatever. Mm. So, and these are the golden years, as we that now know. That thick-ass prime of the show. We were growing up in that time. We didn't know it, of course. We were just dumb little kids. We mm-hmm. were just like, hey, this show's really funny. And like, hey, what am I supposed to do with this booger? <laughs> <laughs> I had a booger wall. You guys know what that is? It's fucking like disgusting. No, it's horrible. Do you need like a tool for that or... Do you Ooh, just get to in get there? rid of it, yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. You burn the house down. By booger wall, I mean when I was very young, my bed was in the corner of my room, <laughs> and I would pick my nose and wipe it off on the wall. <laughs> oh, and man. I have a vivid memory of looking at that corner of the wall and seeing 45 boogers. <laughs> oh, no. It was disgusting. And apparently it's a thing because in King of the Hill, Peggy says something mean to Bobby about his booger wall. And I thought, I'm like, well, I'm the only person that gets that joke. But I feel I seen. about it. No, I think more people did that. Well, I one time I was at a childhood friend's house. It's Kevin Agee. I'm not okay. going to beat around the bush. Yeah. And I had a big honking booger in my nose, and <laughs> I did not know what to do. And we were sitting in the living room, and I believe we were watching something on the living room TV. Perhaps his parents were there. And I needed to get this booger out, and I didn't want to get up. And I'm the way I am, so I was being anxious about it for no reason. <laughs> and I very stealthily kind of cranked that thing right out of my nostril slid it under the couch cushion. <laughs> and I felt bad about it for maybe a year. But you don't you don't think they saw it. You I, think you got away with it. Well, here's what you As don't know. As an adult, know. they probably were saw it and were like, whatever, he's yeah. a kid. He does We should be the kind gross. of show where we're like, 
Surprise, we have Kevin Agee on the show, <laughs> and he has the booger now for you to look at. And I guess he's also now a Scientologist. Uh, you and Nancy, I guess, can discuss what? a few things, Kevin. Uh, well, let's definitely not get into that. No, I believe Kevin to be on the right side of all uh, social issues. Except when it comes to Dave Matthews Band or whatever. He's on the wrong side I wish of that, that was right. <laughs> Whatever, it's the one. Sean Mayer. Yeah, the two, I get them confused. They're the same thing yeah. in my brain. Yeah. Scientology anyway. and Dave Matthews. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he might be one. We don't know. Si L. Ron Hubbard had a saxophone guy, right? <laughs> of course. <laughs> that followed him around. On Sea Org. There were only a couple of saxophonists. What were their names? Kenny Clarence G. B. Clemens. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. That what um, was the guy who played with Bruce Springsteen? Like no, the, that Clarence Clemens. That is right. Ba -deer, ba -deer. You were a hundred percent correct. Uh, so I made up the B part, though. No, that like, might be right. I, no, I, you were saying what you, is Clarence B? Clarence <laughs> Clemens. B. Clemens. He be Clemens. Like, <laughs> you can't just play saxophone and not have a middle initial. Oh, uh, like what? Charlie Parker. You know. Great. Duke Silver. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, no. The uh, alternate. Wow. Ron Swanson. Kenny no G. one's better than him. Right? Kenny G. He was a saxophonist. Yeah. I, yeah. And he's like not good, right? Isn't that the public perception no, or I the, the musician's perception? I think he's actually like okay, <laughs> but he does – it'd be the equivalent of, I don't know, the best musician in the world yeah. like playing pop songs for Christian movies. Yeah. It'd be that equivalent. Which happens a lot with those like virtuoso like – they're not as interested in creating a song as like – playing the instrument. Right, right. And then you get those weirdos, like your Joe Satriani's and stuff, where they have a special where they're just like ripping solos to nothing in a bowling shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating to me. What about Buckethead? Buckethead, I could talk about for a long time. <laughs> that guy records like five albums a year. I don't know what it is. I think he's pretty good right. structurally, but he can't make But his music. thing is like, I can't really make a song that anyone would want to listen to, <laughs> and, I, and, my, and I've got a bucket on my head. Seems like a problem. Also, his name makes him sound like he should be in corn, but he's not. Or like Jughead. You know, I could name every do member you mean, of corn. Uh, do you mean corn with a K or corn with a C? There's a couple Both. of them. You like, mean he has, he has that look like he likes to eat vegetables. <laughs> Fair enough. Where were we? Oh. We were talking about how Once Upon a Time, <laughs> Simpsons and me. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. I grew up watching The Simpsons, and I was like, this show is amazing. And then, as, as all kids do... Screw up, and I was like, "Man, there's more important things. I gotta play basketball. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta. Do you gotta shit. hoop. Yeah, you gotta dunk. I mean, I was like, what? What's the thing that's gonna make me most popular with the girls? And I was like, I gotta play basketball. Hit those be... fadeaways, and it worked. Yeah, I was. Yeah, of course, obviously. No, there's lady no, killer. We know how it ended, but like at the time, renowned podcast. <laughs> <laughs> at the time, it was like, well, you know, the Simpsons. They're just not that. They're not that interesting to me anymore. In seventh grade, all of a sudden, I fell in love with them all over again. To really? the point, yes. Okay. The point where I would come home from school, it'd be about three o'clock, and Bill and I would be done talking. The Magic School Bus would be on PBS or whatever, and I would switch the channel. We'd, we'd keep the TV on for the parrots because the parrots needed to have activity in our house. I don't want to house. Bored either. <laughs> <laughs> They're still alive, all of them. But I came home and I was like, I'm taking over the TV now, parrots, and I want to watch The Simpsons. Mm -hmm. And I got obsessive. I started recording every single episode that I came home to. They came out, I think, 4.30 and 6. It was the syndicated stuff. Yeah, I yeah, watched the Fox. shit out of those. Mm -hmm. This was in the middle of, I think, season 8 at the time. But I was getting the reruns. So I was I was catching back up. And, yeah, I was hooked at, as a 13-year-old on the, on the old Simpsons episodes and what was airing at the moment. So 
I very much so as a child and as an early teenager thought The Simpsons was the greatest thing of all time. Do you remember a period of or specific episodes from when you quit watching? Because, for example, the episode that comes on after Millhouse Divided, which I've already forgotten, I think it was uh, Lisa falls in love with Nelson. Yeah, maybe that one. I remember relevant to what we'll discuss yeah, in one of our <laughs> episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember specifically watching that episode and not getting the fulfillment I used to get out of The Simpsons. So I think that's when I quit really following it. That's, I'd seen a few that's more years' what worth. The, uh, the, your your average Simpsons fan thought is uh-huh. at that time period, like, hey, they're kind of losing steam. They're running out of ideas. This show isn't what it used to be. And then it turned into whatever it became over the next couple of decades. But, yeah, that was common at that time period. The episode, and I think, I think it was season eight that – Lisa and Nelson dated, and then she decided at the end of it that she was just not, it didn't work. I had the uh, unique experience with The Simpsons of the three of us, unique in the truest meaning of the word, then that it's different. You guys didn't experience it. Listening to you guys made me really like, I was kind of infatuated doing it because I didn't get that cultural experience of The Simpsons as it was airing like you guys did. I did with Seinfeld. We watched regularly as it aired, but... With The Simpsons, we didn't, and my parents were not only not into the idea of The Simpsons, but actively against it. So my, they were like Nancy Reagan's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally, yeah. Uh, my mom thought that all of Bart's talking back to his parents in particular uh. could be an issue. My dad <laughs> w- had a different tact, and Ooh, looking back did. on it, and then he thought – he didn't really know what it was or care to know, and if it was a cartoon, it was stupid and pointless. Right, yeah. So that was his take on it. My first exposure came when my brother would babysit because he watched it. So I would get I would get to watch it, and of course I thought it was funny. And down the line, I you know going to friends' houses, I'd watch an episode here and there. Always thought it was funny. When it hit syndication, is when I first got my big chunk where I you know. Mm-hmm really get to see those premiere episodes. And then that accelerated when the DVDs started to come out when we were in high school. I have the experience of really only watching the premieres because of what everyone has universally said. Mm-hmm. And that's probably unfair. But as a result, my opinion of The Simpsons is very, very, very high because I've seen nothing bad. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> the season 10 episode, I don't remember the title of it, but it's the one where Skinner, Principal Skinner, is outed as Armin Tamzarian. That is what's considered the jumping the shark yeah. moment for The Simpsons. I can see Everything why. past that, people discount. Now, that said, there's a great line in an episode a couple after that. It's the uh, Homer's somewhere in New York, I think, and he's thirsty. And the, crab juice. The, yeah, the vendor says, <laughs> yeah. hey, what do you want to drink? We got crab juice and we got Mountain Dew. Ooh. I'll take the crab juice. <laughs> Which line. is fantastic. It's a great line. Well, and yeah, and I will say that there's no way that The Simpsons is ever a show that doesn't have funny bits in it. Sure. I even the worst episodes probably mildly funny. And that's the that's the issue that we're going to have coming into this is that none of us have much experience with what the show has become. Yeah. We covered one that was considered like a top notch of the post golden years here that we'll be we'll be getting into. So we can only give you that perspective and it's just going to be fun to think what you guys thought of that one and and of the process in general. The show running this long, as I mentioned, does that harm for you guys as as people who watch the show actively week to week? Does it harm like the legacy of it in I your mind at all? I, I don't think any show should run three decades. Yeah, bingo. Like you've got it. You've got to stop. I know what they were trying to do. 
Yeah. But you already had that defined. Mm-hmm. You already had your era covered. You don't need to keep going. They don't need to keep doing this right now. Regardless of the show's quality now, like it might be fine on a regular basis, I don't think there's probably an artistic justification. No, it's, it's, it's a, only a financial It's a pissing one. contest right now at this point. It's like, I, I've got a new idea right now for this show. There's nothing else they need to be doing with this show at this point. And I get a real sense from people, and I'm not saying this about everyone, but there's a lot of defensiveness from people involved with the show now of, of hey, we're as good as we ever were. You know, why would anybody be upset that we're still going? Mm-hmm. That sort of attitude with it. A lot of the novelty that wears off as you get to know characters and circumstances and plot conventions and even joke conventions, once that happens, once you've seen all that's under the sun and you're getting different variations, the returns just will be diminishing. There's no way around it. Yeah, and what are you going to do? You can fight against this a couple times. You can say, hey, you remember when we tried this 20 years ago and you hated it? (laughs) Yeah. What if we referenced it again? (laughs) And it's like, okay, that's funny once, but you can't do it that many times. In the episode that I'm going to cover later in the week, it's funny because people hated the episode that it originated from, but you can't do that for decades. (laughs) So at this point, Matt Groening, I think, and I, I don't I don't want to jump ahead here, but I really think that there's no way that the show would keep going if it weren't the creator's pride first and foremost dictating every other action that, that follows it. And that's not what the show started out as. No, and the story that you told us uh, introducing our Simpsons Week fan about Matt Groening being kind of frustrated about the critic spinoff or the critic. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Why, what do you call uh, those? Tie-in. There's a crossover, like a crossover <laughs> episode. Yeah. That lines up with what Spencer's saying, honestly, about the creator having a lot of pride and perhaps not knowing what's best for his uh, work. Right I, now. I think I, yes, I agree. I think I lean more in that Fox became a multi-billion dollar company. That's the biggest factor. And it's still selling toys and video games and garbage. Let's keep going. So I think that's number one. But yeah, even if the Simpsons that probably did go feeds his years, ego too. Like seeing the the right. I've made this much money off it. I've ran this that, many seasons. That guy <laughs> hasn't been a part of the episode creations for right. ever, forever right. and ever and ever. But just take your name off of it. I would think would even be more ideal. Just yeah. you know, fifteen years in, maybe I'm not involved with it, but it's a day to day thing. They can put me at the end created by. So Leave this is yeah. interesting, and in that he hasn't done that, even though he doesn't have any part of the creation i don't know the recent history but i know seth mcfarland is much more invested in what they do with family guy episodes and also his broadway career i think (laughs) matt green has never taken that out he's been like okay this thing's good enough i'm kind of gonna i'm not doing this anymore but i'm attaching my name to it there's a certain element of he's not willing to distance himself from it but he's not willing to actually put in the work how does that compare to like a I don't know, like George Lucas, where he's like, <laughs> just I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm gonna give you this whole franchise. I'm not, I'm not involved at all in this anymore. You can have it. I mean, I think I'm going Lucas I just because too. he's getting away from it. He's well, and his reasons weren't quite that. It was <laughs> I need money. That was the whole thing. But yeah, just stepping away from a, a platform is so much harder to do. I would think than every week getting your name plastered in the credits. So I do think we really do need to levy a, a lot of criticism at Matt Groening just for that reason alone. I mean, at one point, he did create one of the best shows in history. Yeah. So he gets points, but, but 30 For instance, years. because of that, in your mental pantheon of comedy shows in, in your personal history, 
does that knock it below things like Seinfeld out of the gate due to the fact that you know there are 20 seasons of the show that you aren't into necessarily, you know? What's interesting is I do think so, which is the I don't even know if that's fair. of Cy Young voting. <laughs> Whereas bulk would be worth more right. than, oh, you know, so-and-so only pitched 140 innings. Seinfeld only pitched nine innings <laughs> <laughs> versus The Simpsons 34 innings. Well, fun question here. Who's your favorite character on all of The Simpsons? Oh, that's so hard. Isn't oh, it? Boy. Does it have to be a... Let's do main character and, and side okay. character. Okay. I'll, well, I'll go first. Okay. Main character, Grandpa Simpson. I love Grandpa Simpson as just an he old He really shines curmudgeon. in mind that yeah. I do in particular. That was the only good thing about yeah. it. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. That's okay. That episode. That's okay. So I love Grandpa Simpsons. As far as like tertiary characters, ooh, this is where it gets tough. Barney? Barney's up there. Martin, because yeah. he's such a fucking shit. <laughs> Honestly, I like Millhouse. Your episode, yeah, Millhouse had mm-hmm. a really good side character that you have to have. Hans Molman. Yeah. Gotta oh have my him. God. Gotta so, have him. There's a lot of choices. Uh, I'll go with Millhouse. So out of main characters, this is surprising and recent, but I'm going Marge now. That's who fair. I was so entertained by on the episodes we watched and my extra cur- curricular watching. And but side characters, uh wow. I I think I'm gonna go Chief Wiggum. Interesting. <laughs> who's a total moron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, but there, Van, you mentioned so many that I love. Hans Molman being a big one who just shows up here and there. Ralph Martin. Jasper, actually, is another one. Jasper Snake. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there there are a lot of them. I've had this discussion myself many times over the decades. I actually think... Kent Brockman. Great side (laughs) character. I actually think that I like the contrast Lisa provides most. I actually think Lisa's my favorite Simpson. There's certain elements that you can't have without the other. It really, at the end, it all is built around Homer and Bart. But I really like the the, the things they play off of. So I'm I'm a big fan of Lisa. Side characters that is impossible. I I would have to go with one of the bar people. I oh, would Mo I, is so Mo great. is up there. Yeah. I would I would take Barney though over Mo. Okay, yeah, I can get behind that. It's hard. Hi, Homer. <laughs> That's a tough call, though. Mayor Quimby's really great. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Dr. Nick Riviera. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Get this man a new colon. <laughs> One of the big problems that The Simpsons suffers from in the eyes of people who don't like the later seasons, a.k.a. everyone, is that it has flanderized itself. Have you heard this term? No. No. This is in the pantheon of terms now. Being flanderized, a character that is that, is a character who leans so hard into their three core traits that they become a parody of themselves. Okay, I see. So for the first four or five seasons, Flanders was just the – he was just a best neighbor. He was too good. That's all it was. Now Flanders is just a a god nut. He's a religious crazy nut. They've really just shrunk him down into his basic Boiled him down to just Mm -hmm. a few things. And all of the Simpsons characters do that. Lisa is now just pretentious. That's all she is. She's just a pretentious know-it-all. I have heard that too, like – at a certain point, pretty early in the show, Homer has been transformed into jerk Homer, jerk ass Homer or something. Yeah, where I he's heard, like, I heard about that he's term. not like he's not lovey family guy that's kind of dumb now. He's just an asshole, mm-hmm. which is so something I like guess that. the writing staff was very aware of being a potential issue. So while they didn't always get there, they were trying to make sure he wasn't too cruel or too stupid in certain ways. Right. 
And both of those things so are relatable. applicable now. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's what the character And they'd is. happen here and there in the sure. classic seasons, but not often. And I feel like we've talked a lot about all the uh, problems with the show running that long, but those prime seasons are so joke-dense I feel like they were almost so good that an extra yeah. doesn't justify more seasons. Right, right. <laughs> this is Pedro Martinez's career. Would yeah. it be better if you had 15 great seasons? <laughs> sure. But the fact that you got this short bulk of such good ones should allow it to stand the test when of time. When I had to send you clips for the monorail yeah. episode, I did not know what to do at yeah. all. That is fair. What happens in, in Simpsons episodes is the talent is so obscene that you'll have these moments where you'll see like four or five things that are incredible happening at the same time. Yeah. And it takes the episode over so you realize you've only made it a minute since the last thing that you really wanted to mm -hmm. point out. And it's like, okay, so these these creators here have just revolutionized TV like six different ways in the span of one minute. Mm -hmm. And it's astounding. The writers really did have so many breakthrough moments of comedy that it's – really just kind of unheard of and there's so many of those things that happen in each of the episodes that especially you guys will be covering that we talk about that it's 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 staggering well we're running long as is not that's surprising. what we do here so let's wrap this up with a couple of fun facts yeah and you can jump in if you have something i called a bunch of facts if you guys have some you can mention them as well did you know that homer's iconic oh translates differently in different languages. They don't just make <laughs> the same noise. In French, it is toe, like the T. And then in Spanish, it is ouch. Okay, that's a little <laughs> on the nose. <laughs> and speaking of dough, in the script, the line merely said, annoyed grunt. <laughs> and so Dan Castellaneta, who's of course the voice of Homer, said he emulated a noise from a Laurel and Hardy actor named Jimmy Finlayson. And essentially, when Finlayson would get upset or mad or whatever, he would go, but this is a quick rapid-fire joke show. It's a cartoon. It's short. So they told Dan Castellaneta, you got to make it a quicker noise. So he shortened it to, oh, that's how it started. And a catchphrase was born. <laughs> Apparently, the distinct yellow color of the characters, well, most of the characters, the white ones. This was one of the most interesting <laughs> things to me because it's such a casual reason. Right. It, what it is is basically Matt Groening selected it after someone showed him a draw uh, his drawings with that color because he said it pops. If you're sitting there flipping through the channels and you see that yellow, A, it catches your attention, and B, if you know what it is, you know, oh, Simpsons, I'll watch this. So it's kind of neat. There was another reason, too, that I read, which was because the Simpson family is like the only family in the in the show with no hairline, it was a color that could be both hair and skin. <laughs> Interesting. I like and that. And it also pointed that out, which I didn't ever realize. Marge has hair, but uh, no one else does. Well, I mean, yeah. they have hair, they have hair but they but don't have like a that. hairline. I guess Homer has the – well, he had brown hair, so you see yeah, the lines. in the flashbacks. But the hmm. kids are all just pointed spikes that come right out of their skull. He also drew them so <laughs> they that – They have deformed brains. <laughs> so that they would be recognizable from a silhouette. He said that's the, the that's such a thing of a great character. A very you could clever recognize. idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He had some great ideas and then and then sat by for the next thirty <laughs> years and let it be what it is now. Well, I've got one that's gonna blow everyone's mind. I'm just gonna interject this right here. Mm -hmm. Julie Kavner, the voice of Marge, of course, and the rest of Marge's family. <laughs> she was Rhoda's sister in the television show Rhoda in the nineteen seventies. All right, we've hit two now, Rhoda did facts. She, did Everybody's she sound, hit fist pumping that's listening <laughs> did to this. She right sound now. like Marge in that. 
You know what? I don't know because I saw Rhoda before I saw The Simpsons. That is an interesting Most people thing. who would say that would be 30 years older than me. <laughs> Which is almost double you. I yeah. actually have the the main voice actors here that I'll quickly go over. And Julie Kavner was the one who they were like, no, let's just go ahead and let her do Marge and Marge's sisters. Like uh, the, She was not versatile like the rest of them. So she kind of just had that thing and they were like, let's let her have that. It works. I would argue that Yeardley Smith, I believe it is, is the least versatile. Yeah, she's only Lisa. Lisa, and that's it. Dan Castellaneta did everybody. Like, everybody who you wanted to listen to, that was him. He was Homer. He was Grandpa Krusty, Barney, Groundskeeper Willie, Mayor Quimby, all those guys. Hans a bunch, Molman. A bunch more, too. Just like, yeah, I just, I just left it at the ones that you hear the most. Julie Kavner was Marge, Patty Selma. Nancy Cartwright was Bart. Maggie, when she talked, which we don't hear a lot in our <laughs> episodes, Nelson, Ralph, Kearney, Carney, whatever it is. This is a weird one because we have a street named Carney, and I keep defaulting. Yeah. I want to say it that way. I think it's Kearney. Also, Todd and Rod, the Flanders kids, Nancy Cartwright does. <laughs> and Yardley, Smith, Yardley, whatever it is, is Lisa. And that's it. <laughs> There's nothing else. Hank Azaria, of course. Jack is, of all trades. Yeah. <laughs> he's no Simpson, but he's everything else. Mo, Chief Wiggum, Flanders, Lou, Professor Frank. We're going to get into all of these in the episodes <laughs> we do. And then Harry Shearer, who is not in my episode, the one that I do with that really? we do in last. He's not in that. He's in just about every other one. Huh. Mr. Burns, Smithers, Flanders, Skinner, Lenny, Homer's coworker, Man. Kent Brockman, Reverend Lovejoy, Dr. Hibbert, all Harry Shearer. <laughs> and then some special appearances that you get a lot, which is Pamela Hayden, Millhouse. And then Tress McNeil, mm -hmm. who does the Agnes Skinner. There's a bunch of extra ones that have done a bunch of work. So it's hard to give credit to all the really talented voice actors in The Simpsons, but there's so many of yeah, them. Yeah, and the show wouldn't be this without them, right. without that core cast. And one of you mentioned Barbara Bush earlier because she's relevant to The Simpsons. Somehow. <laughs> Apparently, the first thing she did after she saw it was say, The Simpsons is the dumbest thing. I've ever seen. And then looked to her son, George <laughs> W. Bush, and said, do you agree, son? As he ate boogers to do a little callback. Made a burger wall. Yeah, a, a burger? Booger wall. Booger burger. Sorry, a bu burger wall sounds great. He's probably eating a booger I burger. Eat, I would eat a burger wall. Well, that goes along with her husband, of course, former President George H.W. Bush, who said in a speech that America needs to be more like the Waltons and less like the Samsons. Great. <laughs> Wonderful. So no wonder they did that parody episode where they had Homer and George H.W. Bush fight one another. Great stuff. I would have liked to see that in real life somehow. Do you guys know what Milhouse's middle name is? No. Mussolini. Wow. That's a fun fact I learned. That's... Milhouse Mussolini Van Houten. I assume that was Kirk's idea. <laughs> you know the yokels, Cletus and Brandine? <laughs> they have a grand total of 44 children in the show. Wow. One of their names is Crystal Meth. Do you have anything about Rhoda? No, sadly. Because mm, I'm out of Rhoda facts, and I know that's going to disappoint the audience. The Simpsons is responsible, well, for a lot of things. I've actually touched on this already, bringing a ton of new phrases to our vernacular. A couple of them that are now in the dictionary. We have dough that's in there, but also cromulent and embiggen, which come from the same episode. I see that all the time online. And, well, in fact, uh, Rob Silver, who hosted a baseball podcast, I used to do Launch Angle Podcast, he would say cromulent all the time. Like It was just a word he used constantly, and I love it. It's such a great word to use. Just basically means acceptable. It's okay. Which says what most things probably are. 
And then one more factoid here for you. Did you know that Marge's large hair was at one point going to be intended to be concealing large bunny ears? It was going to be revealed so she was a in rabbit? the finale that, yeah, she, her hair comes off and she's got the big bunny ears underneath it. And that's a <laughs> lot riding on one joke there. They scrapped it because we've seen her, of course, with her hair down. And so they said no thanks. But yeah, that was initially the intention for Marge. Another Marge thing, her necklace, which is red, it's a, uh, was supposed to be pearls, which are white. Right. But when they sent it, the episodes, the first run of episodes to the animation house in, in not North, in <laughs> South Korea – the animators, I guess, were like, I don't know what we're supposed to do with this and made them red. Just made it red. And then, of course, the Simpsons were like, yeah, we'll just keep it that way. That's funny. And, of course, Lisa's are white. Yeah. But she has. So, fascinating. Now, I do have one extra surprise for you here, guys. And this will get are us out of this Are you going to make episode. us eat, like, canned spinach again? I hope so. I don't suggest you eat what I'm about to give you, but <sighs> it is edible. I will give you that. Uh, okay. Katie and I, my girlfriend Katie and I, were shopping at a local Aldi, which is a German produce store. Anyway, it's you, can, amazing. you can buy the lettuce and the cucumbers. <laughs> Got some great cheese there. You'll have to try some when we're Sauerkraut. done recording. But we found something that we bought one for ourselves and our cats. And I have one for each of you and your cats. Here we go. Okay. It is a December, essentially calendar, where <laughs> one day, every day of the week, you pop up the thing and it's a different cat tree. Oh, okay, yeah. this is amazing. I figured Stan and Nina can share. And Absolutely. Can it's a cat advent cat. Yeah, he needs all of them. <laughs> yeah, and if there's if there's ever a day that I open this and it's like, that looks good, I'll just have it myself. Yeah, just crunch one down. Yeah. We no actually did know. our first one. We, we got ahead of ourselves last night for Vladimir and Bean. And the first one was like chicken flakes. It's like freeze-dried chicken. Bean didn't want anything to do with it. Vladimir gorged. <laughs> Amazing stuff. Oh, Koopa's going to want everything to do with it. <laughs> Koopa's going to be like, hey, you know, did you know it was the next day? He's going to this the second. <laughs> what he's going to do is find, like, I'm going to go to the bathroom and then go back in my room and it's going to be ripped open and empty. That's how it works. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get out of here, guys. This is, of course, kicking off Thanksgiving week with Simpsons Week, and we are looking forward to covering our episodes. Once again, Brian's going to cover Marge versus the Monorail. Season 4, Episode 12. It's on Disney+. Plus. Watch it. I will be doing Season 8, Episode 6, A Millhouse Divided. And then, Spencer, you have Season 27, Episode 9, nine, nine yeah. Barthood. Yep. So stay tuned for that. They'll all be coming out this week. We hope everyone enjoys them. You know the usual boob tube boy stuff. We're doing four episodes this week, so we don't need to cover it. Anyway. Hi, Caramba! <laughs> Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.